I'm Melissa White, and welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. This is a show to help inspire you to live your life to the fullest, but really to learn about those that guide us, our unseen helpers, guides, angels, loved ones in spirit that walk beside us in this life. I'll share with you personal experiences from my life as a professional medium and mentor. I'll also offer you insight into working with the spirit world and introduce you to guests that I find fascinating and that might lead you on your own journey to further discover your own soul's gifts. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Spirit Room Podcast. I'm Melissa White, and I'm here today to really just do a very impromptu show. Usually, when it's just me that you're hearing from and there's no guest, there's nothing, no one that I'm interviewing, I do have usually some ideas that I want to chat about, but I do let it just come intuitively and I just allow it to be what it's going to be. And so today I felt really guided to chat with you about some misconceptions around spirits and this idea about evil spirits and entities and negativity and darkness. I guess because we're coming into or we are in spooky season. So it's been on my mind and it is honestly a question that I get asked quite often. Lots of times students will be very surprised that in my classes I don't make a special point of doing a white light protection before we connect with spirit. And it's not out of neglect. It's literally because my belief is there is literally nothing for us to be afraid of, fearful of, and to protect ourselves from that's in the spirit world. If I do any white light protection, which I do, it's protecting my energy from the human, the physical world. I'm far more frightened of what humans do to one another than I would ever be of the spirit world. And so I know this is somewhat controversial. There's going to be lots of people that will disagree. And I just want to say, I respect everyone's belief and everyone's opinion. And I understand that people come to their conclusions and come to their opinions based on their experiences. And that's how I come to mine as well, through my experience and also through my training and also just through my own discernment, like what feels right to me, what feels true to me. And so I do encourage you all, it doesn't matter if you're a student, you're just listening, to even just in life, like it has not even to do with spiritual matters, not to just accept what someone says because you perceive them to know more than you and that's what they say, so that's what goes. I think it's good to question and it's good to have your own opinion and form your own philosophy. And I think that being open to changing your mind and changing your opinion and being flexible is also a good thing. So this episode is not to say, I'm right, I know everything. This episode is to just explore a little bit and allow me to express 
my thoughts and my feelings, my philosophy and my opinion. So I'll just say that to begin with. I also think that it's important to recognize that it can get a little bit complicated when we're dealing with the afterlife because as much as we have ways that we can bring evidential mediumship and there's studies that are happening now, it's something that is being more researched, which is fantastic, but it's not something that's black and white. So if you get 10 mediums in a room and you start talking philosophy, you'll probably get 10 varying opinions or 10 varying kind of philosophies there. Like it's very personal to each one of us and slightly different. Now, I would suggest like just for this episode to just put your own bias aside and just try to listen objectively and see and evaluate what do you think? You know, what feels right for you? What is true for you? So the first thing is that there are mediums who believe that they need to rescue spirits sometimes, that spirit can get stuck on their way from this world to the next. And they're basically called rescue mediums. Now, in my opinion and in my belief, they don't need any help. There are no stuck spirits. The light is available to all of us and that we go there. It's not uh, an option to get lost or to decide that you're just not gonna go or to be afraid to go. I think that there's always another spirit, a guide, a loved one, an angel. There's always at least one being that greets us and meets us at the time of our passing. And they can assist us, if needed, in making that transition, just reassuring us that it's okay, it's all right, you're safe, and it's time to go. So I don't want anyone out there feeling worried about that or nervous about that. And I think sometimes there are people, especially when you think about parents, how absolutely terrifying to think that there may be some parents out there who have heard that. It's basically kind of like, it's almost like a rumor, you know, they've heard that or like a wives tale and believe that to be true. And then wonder if their child is not in the spirit world. They wonder, they're worried and afraid that their child is somewhere out in the abyss alone. And I just think that that's absolutely not the case. I've never experienced that. I've never seen that. And I would say, you know, now after about 10 years of readings full time, lots of those being groups. So you have to think like that's a lot of people, thousands of people that I've read for. Never once has it come up that someone's been lost or stuck. So I would just try to bring that reassurance that you don't need to, you don't need to worry about that. Now, when it comes to this whole idea about evil spirits and entities attaching themselves to you and that if you open the door to spirit, then you might not be able to close it, all of these things, I think it depends how you approach it. If you believe that there is something to be fearful of, if you are terrified and believe in negative spirits, 
if you expect that to be your experience, oftentimes you will have experiences and you will almost make it be that way. It's like, that's how you'll frame it in your mind. So for instance, I could have an experience where my light starts flickering off and on and I'm like sitting there and I get a sense of, oh, how wonderful this is a sign from my loved one and I feel validated in their presence because I can feel them with me and I ask a question and then it flickers again, there's a response. And then you could have someone else who believes very strongly in negative entities and could automatically be fearful and automatically think that they're being haunted and tormented by an evil spirit. So there's two ways of looking at it. Now, of course, it's also true that because I believe that it's a loving presence, that that's what my experience is. I mean, I'm open to recognizing that that could also be the case. However, I would say that you can trust yourself when it comes to these situations. Like after the fact, when I go back and think about it or I talk to spirit, I ask spirit, I always am able to get that validation. And there's such a beautiful sense of friendship and partnership between me and spirit. So I know that they have my back. I know that they're there for me. There's too many times that they've saved my ass. You know, there's too many times that they've been there for me that I just don't find that there's anything in the spirit world that's been ever negative towards me. Sometimes what I think people experience when they do have these horrible experiences where they're afraid and they're frightened and there's all kinds of things that are moving or doors that are slamming shut, all that stuff. I think what can happen is, especially if it's in a place where historically there's been trauma, there's been violence, there's been anger, there's been people that have had like mental illness, there's been people there that have acted with hate, there's like a negative human imprint that's left on the space, you know? So people can feel like there's a spirit there that's like haunting them when actually it's not an intelligent communication. It's just literally an imprint of energy that's built up in a space. And if you're sensitive to energy and you're also quite, maybe you're quite nervous, anxious, fearful, maybe you're depressed, maybe there's other things going on that are going on with mental health or even physical illness, hormonal imbalances, any of that kind of thing. When you mix those two together, an imprint on a place plus maybe some of that other stuff, I think what people can experience, they think is some kind of haunting when actually it's not. It's a combination of all those things. So that is possible. Now, the difference between a spirit and a situation of like an energy that's been built up, an imprint, is that when you connect with the spirit person, they're and a spirit person is close by, like a loved one, somebody that you have loved and continue to love and you've known them, there is intelligent communication that's possible. So they're going to be able to connect and there's gonna be some information that could be brought through that would be credible, you know, evidential in nature. 
with a situation where it's a buildup of energy, even if somebody sees, say like an, they see with their physical eyes, some lady, you know, roaming around a, an old house and it's like claimed that she haunts it. That could be a representation and it's like a static, almost like a static image. So it's a built up energy. And if there was to be mediumistic communication, it's very likely that that wouldn't be occurring. So say like this is some spirit and you're thinking that they're haunting this place and they passed away 150 years ago. The likelihood that there would be mediumistic communication, which is a random person, would be really low because really for real spirit communication and mediumship to occur, there has to be a link somehow. Like you have to have either known this person and be able to have a reason for them to come and connect with you and for them to be able to bring incredible information. Or if it was in the case of like an ancestor or something like that, there would have to be some kind of, also some kind of a reason for it and a link, a connection somehow. And the information or the way that they would come through would be with the purpose of bringing some insight, bringing some light, bringing love. Love facilitates spirit communication. That's a really important point. So if there's no love involved, no link, no connection, then you're not likely going to be receiving spirit. You're not going to be receiving mediumship. It's more than likely an imprint, a buildup of energy. Okay. So I'm not discounting. I'm not discrediting what people have experienced and what they have felt. But I would just say, you know, most times I think there is another explanation. So it's important to know that when you go to connect with spirit and your intention is to bring healing, your intention is to work with that love that exists and you're working with the intention of bringing forward peace of mind and harmony for someone else, then that's what spirit's going to work with you to produce, like make that happen. There's a whole team of loved ones, angels, guides that are really supporting and working with those of us that are trying to bring some healing. You know, there's quite a lot of support in that way. And so I think it's just important for you to recognize there's nothing to be fearful of. The other thing is you have to think when someone passes away, the human part of themselves, the ego is really released. They don't bring that with them to the other side. Now, I'm not saying that you just get to spirit and all of a sudden you're a saint. Because yes, there are people who do awful things in this life. There are people who are abusive. There are people who are violent. There are people that are murderous. There are people that are committing acts of really negative and harmful, you know, energy. Like that's for sure. But what I know is that when you get to spirit, you have to look at yourself. You have to look at your own free will choices in this life, and you have to be accountable for your free will choices. And so I've never had a spirit, even ones that have done horrible, horrible things in this life. And I've connected with some people who have committed murder, 
I've connected with people who have been horribly abusive, all kinds of different people and in spirit. And never once have I had one come through and not acknowledged their wrongdoing. They could be at different stages of their healing and some may take a very, very long time. But if they show up and if they're wanting to communicate, it is because they have some amends to make. They have an acknowledgement to make of their free will choices. There may be apologies. And I feel as though that's such an important thing to recognize. It's such an important thing to know that that is possible. People are often also really surprised that there's people in life, like say if you are in a, a bad marriage and you guys divorce and then both of you make it, you know, you get eventually to spirit and you meet up and your child comes for a reading. Lots of times the children of people that are divorced are quite surprised to know that lots of the time the parents meet up in the spirit world and they hash it out. They make amends. There's no disdain. There's no negativity. There's no blaming. It's, there's no anger. There's a ton of forgiveness on both sides always. And just this feeling of like, everything is all right. There's a clarity. There's a reconciliation. Not saying that they're back together and they're married and they're like living this happy married life. I mean, maybe in some cases, but for the most part, it's not that. It's just that they can actually have peace with one another. There's like a friendship that's able to be formed in spirit that sometimes just wasn't possible in this life. So I think that's really phenomenal. And I love when I experience that from spirit, when they show that to me. Sometimes people don't believe it. They're like, no way. Like, my mom hated him. There's no way that she would ever, like, talk to him again, but I'm like, you're thinking in terms of the human. And you have to remember that in spirit, we do have this opportunity for growth and change. And you also have to look at the broader perspective. You get a chance to see the bigger picture about what this life means, what the challenges were and why, what the lessons are. There's a lot that we become aware of when we make our transition to spirit. So I do think people are quite surprised about that. I also find that people who struggle with addiction here and mental, mental health struggles here, physical struggles, health struggles, all of those things, the things that we're challenged by, it's so amazing in spirit that when they come through, they'll talk about the freedom the fact that they're no longer weighed down by that. So for instance, somebody who was in a wheelchair their whole life, they'll come through in spirit and they're completely free. They've got full use of their mobility and they're just like enjoying that freedom. Or somebody who was very, very weighed down by the monkey on their back, you know, this addiction that they could not seem to kick in life. In spirit, what they show me is that they have this ability to now understand themselves, to give themselves some compassion. There's so much shame that we carry in this life 
for addiction, our mental health, our physical health, our appearance, our lack of ability in something, our feelings of not having achieved what we wanted to achieve necessarily. And I think what happens in spirit that's so beautiful is that we start to be able to love ourselves in such a holy, unconditional way that in life we just, none of, we don't always get there. You know, I just think that we, we're working towards it, lots of us, but there's still so much guilt and shame that I think is very human. And in spirit, it just isn't that way. There's a sense of so much accelerated healing that's available to us. So it's hopeful to recognize that you don't have to get it perfect in this life. This life is not a test. It's not like you're going to get graded at the end of it and with a check mark or an X. It's more like this is an experience. This is an opportunity. I think our relationships with people are sometimes our greatest teachers. The, the relationships that we have with our parents, our partners, our children, our friends, our coworkers, our colleagues, it's really a chance for us to work on some of the things we came here to work on. Some of us, it's patience. Some of us, it's, you know, determination. Some of us, it's compassion. There's all kinds of forgiveness, all kinds of things. And our relationships really give us an opportunity for that. Having said that, I also want to say, if you feel like you're not doing this life right because there's challenges, I want to give you a huge sense of relief to know that everybody has challenges. Maybe not the same ones, and maybe sometimes some people have an intense period of life or season of life, and you're not in that season of your life at this time. But nobody is getting out of here unscathed. Nobody is getting out without having had some challenges. And so I think it's important to recognize that. We're also not here for perfection. Like we're here to make progress. So I think just keeping that in mind that yes, you're here for a reason. No, it's not meant to be perfect. Yes, there are meant to be very challenging times. If you can kind of know that and you can keep that in mind as you're going through the tough times, it will help. And then when you have the beautiful, amazing, wonderful moments of life, you can really just appreciate them and know that when we come here to the physical world, it's meant to be both. It's meant to be beautiful. And it's also meant to be really hard at times. So I think just giving yourself a bit of reassurance when it comes to that is important. The other thing I think that's important to recognize is that your connection with spirit is really something that you can work on. It's something that you can really nurture. And a lot of it has to do with your intention to do so and your mindset, and just a willingness, a curiosity. I think that's really important to recognize. So we're here to be human, but we're also here to be spiritual beings. We're both. I find for myself, yes, I do walk with a foot in each world. And 
I think that's what we're supposed to do. I think we're supposed to be here and we're supposed to be human and we're supposed to go through what we need to go through. But the beautiful part of it is that the whole time we are being guided and supported by this unseen, well, in my case it is seen, but you know, and for some of you it also, it is a seen world, but really for the most part, an unseen force, an unseen world. And I think also, sometimes I feel how weird it must be for people to go through life and not recognize that they're being guided. I wouldn't say that I always knew I had guides. Like, looking back, I can see that my guides were really working with me as a kid, but I wouldn't say I always knew. I think I knew on a soul level, but my human self wasn't always aware. But since making that connection and that, having that awareness, when I had my experience of almost dying when I was 23, that really opened my eyes and that really changed the way that I saw my life. Because I recognized, oh, I'm not actually in this alone. Because there were moments in this life where I did feel so alone, so alone. And it really was spirit that I feel picked me up and assisted me in getting out of a situation that I, I was not good for me. Spirit would encourage me to take a certain class or show up to a certain event. And then magically I would meet someone that would be life-changing for me. So I think, you know, once you make that realization that the other world not only exists, it's interacting with us. And I don't think that it's some faraway place. I feel like it's a slightly higher vibration than the physical world. The physical world feels quite dense and a bit heavy. I think that the spirit realm is finer, higher energy. And I think it exists almost like intermeshed with our own. It's like, it's interchangeable. Like they're sort of existing parallel to us, not like high up in the clouds, but sort of parallel to us. And the only thing that really separates us is our own belief and thoughts. So that's, yeah, that's how I see it. So I know that there's a lot of questions and I know that it's easy for me to just say, you know, you don't need to worry, there's nothing negative. I know that in shamanic tradition and other, other types of beliefs that people do believe that. So again, I'm not disrespecting other people's beliefs. I'm just coming from my experience and also how my training has been. You know, I've been trained by British mediums who've been doing the work for 30 plus years. And yeah, that's what resonates with me. That's what feels true to me. And so that's how I come up with my opinion on it. But I would say I'm very much wanting everyone to think for themselves. And I'm very much appreciative that we all can have different opinions and still get along, still love each other. And I think that's a real important message, especially at this time in the world. It's important that we respect one another. And I think it's interesting to talk about. It's interesting to contemplate. And I really suggest, you know, yes, there's all kinds of books. Yes, there's teachers, mentors, 
Yes, there are what, you know, there's a ton of things on the internet you can research. The best bet, if you're wanting to really know for yourself, is to sit in stillness and silence and contemplation and go to spirit. Ask your team, ask your guides about it. Your big questions, they will answer. Now, you could do that by using the written word. You know, you could journal. You could also do it through just mind-to-mind communication. You could ask to be shown things in your dream state. I mean, there's a variety of different things you can do. But I think it's important to go to spirit. What does spirit tell you about it? And that should really inform you. And that's a big part of how I come up with what I teach and what I believe and how I approach the spirit world. A lot of the times it's just from going to spirit and saying, hey guys, like, what do you think about this? So it is, you know, they're an amazing resource. They're friends to us. They love us so much. They want to help us. Yet we are so at times stubborn. We are at times too busy at times neurotic, like I think we make this relationship with spirit way more complicated than it needs to be. And so sometimes we get in our own way when it comes to all of this. Another good, you know, I find a good resource or what I find super interesting is reading about some of the mediums who have had guides from the past that have come through and basically brought through question and answers about the afterlife, about the other world. And even in those writings, like the guides will even say, do not take this as the absolute truth. They're not claiming to be God, you know, but this is what comes through. So if you're interested, there's a few different options. I think Silver Birch, the books from Silver Birch, are quite fascinating. I think that that's quite a popular, well-known source for some of those philosophical questions and things that we would want to know about. So I can't say I agree with every answer that's given, but it's food for thought. And some of it is so powerful and rings so true. So it's such a beautiful resource to have that. There's also, what's the other one? Oh, the White Eagle teachings. There's like White Eagle's little book on meditation and a bunch of different healing, a bunch of different things. And those are quite interesting. The White Eagle was Grace Cook's guide and Grace Cook was a British medium. And he kind of gives information through the lens of it's like spirit and mediumship but also sort of like a a connection to Jesus and sort of that sort of connection which I really love because I just have such a powerful strong feeling of a bond with Jesus I always have I think I've told you guys on the show before that when I was a child I had a crush on him I wanted to marry him I love Jesus so much So I see him as like, you know, the spiritual teacher and I don't really see it through a religious lens. But anyway, so White Eagle is also another one that I've been very fond of and I'll turn to for inspiration. I just oftentimes will just open any of these books and just open it to a page that I feel drawn to. And lo and behold, every time there's a message there that I needed to hear, that I needed to, you know, it needed to be in my consciousness to uplift me. 
And it's always very relevant and it's always very much pertaining to whatever's going on in my life, whatever I've just been thinking of, whatever I've been dealing with. So I do suggest that for you guys. Like if you are looking sometimes for a message, you don't necessarily have to ask someone outside of yourself. You could use your books, open a book to where you feel drawn, feel on the page what part of the page you feel drawn to, and just read the sentence and really feel into why is this significant? How is it important? How does it make sense? And you'll always get what you need from that. Even if it's not even a spiritual book, I find that's a really cool exercise to try. It's called bibliomancy. So it's like a form of divination. I find it like just inspiring. So I do have this deck of cards, Silver Birch Wisdom. So I'm just gonna pull one for us and see what comes up here as a message for everyone who's listening whenever you listen. Okay, so there's two, couldn't decide, so I pulled two. So the first one says, when you've reached the stage that you're aware of the responsibility you have towards all other forms of creation, then automatically you cannot contribute to the cruelty involved in their demise. And that is an index of your spiritual development. So isn't that so powerful? And I think that comes up is because I've been really, really contemplating eating meat. And it's been something that I've really struggled with for a long time. I've gone periods of time where I've, I've not eaten it and I've been a vegetarian. And then due to different medical things, extreme anemia and whatever, I would go back to it. But it never, it never really actually sat well with me, like within my heart. And it always felt like I was going against myself and I was going against what I felt in my heart. And so I've been really seriously contemplating it recently. So I do think that's why that card may have come up for me at this time. Now, I'm not saying like, if you're spiritual, you have to be a vegetarian because you really don't. It's a personal choice. But I do notice that those of us that are quite sensitive to energy, of course, it would be kind of crazy to think that we wouldn't be affected by the vibration eating something that has been a, a living being that's been killed you know for us to eat now i think it does matter a lot around like the conditions and how an animal is treated if they're treated with respect and dignity but at the end of the day of course, that energy can affect us, especially when we're sensitive to it. Some people, I think it, it wouldn't affect so much or it just wouldn't be something that they would even really consider or notice if there was like some kind of effect. But anyways, it's just a, pers it's a personal thing and who knows what will happen. I'm sort of, I'm unsure of how I'm gonna go forward with this, but it is something that I'm thinking about really seriously and trying to figure out what my belief is and how I can kind of live in this physical world and make peace with either being a vegetarian or not being a vegetarian. Okay, so that's just a little personal, but anyways. The next card says, every individual is personally responsible for what he does, for the, or he or she, for this is the natural law. Much as you love anybody else, you cannot assume the responsibility for their life. You cannot shoulder the results of their actions. This is cause and effect. So I think that's also very interesting. That's kind of a message for all of us, recognizing that 
you can love someone, you can want the best for them, you can be there for them, you can help them. But at the end of the day, we all have free will. We all have the ability to make our choices and we don't always get it right. I think oftentimes we don't, but really we cannot be, we cannot be held accountable or responsible for anybody else's path or anyone else's decisions. We are responsible for our own. So just being true to yourself, being really honest with yourself and then speaking words of truth. I think even if it's not understood, even if it's not accepted, even if it's ridiculed, you know, your truth is your truth. And so if you can stay strong and really not allow yourself to be influenced, manipulated or bullied into abandoning yourself, you know, really, then you're always going to be on the right track. Your relationship with yourself, your soul, I would say it's between me and God. And you could say the universe or whatever your belief might be. But for me, I always just say it's between me and God. Like, I really have freedom with that at this point in my life, more so than ever, because the actions of others, the words of others, the attitudes of others, the sometimes like behavior of others, which I don't always understand fully when it comes to the very negative energy, attitude, behavior of some people, physical human people, but I can be at peace because I know it's between me and God. So my actions, my words, my intentions, that's what I'm worried about and that's what I can control and that's what I am here to do. So I think that does, that does give us some freedom just to say, okay, it's their journey, it's up to them and it's between them and their God, universe, creator, higher power or whatever they believe. So I hope that it's helpful to you. I hope that brings you some comfort in the words that I've expressed and the ideas that I've expressed. It's a huge topic, definitely. So we could also do probably a part two at some point. I'm open to answering questions. So if you have something you'd like to ask about to do with this topic, with like the negative evil spirits, entities, all that stuff, feel free to send them. Melissa White medium at gmail.com. The other thing I would say, I just want to add in there that as a medium, I do have control over the communication that comes in. So I'm not walking around all day, every day in communication constantly with other people's spirit people. When I'm not working and not doing a reading, I may be in connection with spirit for myself, or I may be like still a very sensitive and open person, but I'm not seeking that communication. And it's not like my guides are 24 seven telling me what to do. Like, Melissa, turn left here. Don't go to the mall today. Beware of this. Don't do that. You know, it's not like that. Sometimes it's quite subtle. I also think that we're here to live and a human experience. So that's what I get to do. I'll connect with my guides and certainly feel them and all of that. But if you give your guides time and space and you dedicate that to them, they're not just bombarding you constantly then with communication. They know that they'll chat with you when they chat with you because there's like a, a normal like meeting time or place or routine of, okay, yeah, we're in connection. We're always in connection, but it's not constant communication. I think that could be really overwhelming for some people. So yes, you can 
turn it on and turn it off. You can also, before you even start to work with spirit, you can be very clear about what your purpose is, what you want to see, what you want to feel and hear, what you're open to, maybe what you're not open to. Everyone's different and everyone's comfort level is going to be different depending on what they've learned from media, movies, TV, parents, religion, whatever. We're all coming from different experiences. So spirit will meet you where you're at. Spirit knows exactly what you need and they will help you. Don't be afraid to ask for help with things. Don't be afraid to ask questions when you don't understand something. Don't be afraid to go to them and just say, I don't know what I'm doing, please help me. Now, they cannot give you the answer and solve it for you. That isn't their purpose, but they can direct you, guide you, support you, encourage you so that you can get to where you, you wanna be and get to where you wanna go. So that would be important to recognize. But trained mediums are not going around giving drive-by readings to people. We're not, I think that's very ego-based, you know, and I don't ever condone that my students do that. I also think it's very important to have that privacy. And it is important to know, like one of the rules and our guidelines in my groups that I have, intuitive development and mediumship, mentorship, is that it's not appropriate for people to tune in to other class members without their permission. So if we're doing an exercise, of course, you're gonna be tuning in and that permission is granted and it's implied. But outside of class, to send someone a message saying, I'm tuning into you and I'm feeling this. Do you have a great uncle named George who came from Nebraska and died of lung cancer? That's inappropriate. So. We're not reading people just because we can. We're doing it on a basis of respect and also that we're being asked to do it. We have permission to do so. So that's also very important to keep in mind ethically and just for people's privacy. Um, I can't imagine going around doing that for fun. I think that there's enough going on in my head. I don't want to be doing that just for kicks. So there's always gotta be a purpose and it's gotta be consensual. So there you have it. So I will leave you with that. I want to say thank you very much for being here and for listening. Do check out melissawhitemedium.com. There's some events posted there, some upcoming events. I'll be doing some demonstrations. I've also got the Exceptional Medium is underway. That mentorship program is going really well. And I'm loving, loving, loving the class that we have assembled. So that's been fabulous. There are some other ongoing circles that are available. So if you're looking to join a course, a class, feel free to reach out to me, send me a message. And yes, the one-on-one -on -one mentorship, I have a spot, one spot available to begin pretty soon. I feel like we could probably get started within the next couple of weeks. And that's been also such a pleasure to work with people. Some amazing breakthroughs and just showing people that they can do things that they never even imagined, they never thought of. So that's pretty special and I feel pretty blessed to, to be a part of all of that. So um, otherwise, have a wonderful, wonderful day, evening, night, afternoon, wherever you are. And I just think I'll leave you with that quote to keep some room in your heart for the unimaginable.
I believe that's Mary Oliver. I could be incorrect, but I've always loved those words. So I'll leave you with that. Take care and talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the show, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or feel free to leave a rating and a review. You can follow me on Instagram at Melissa White Medium or on Facebook, Psychic Medium Melissa White. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.